Hi, I'm Tegan Graham, a.k.a. The Better Graham, and this is the DU Football Show. Ironically, we have zero grams here in studio tonight. And yet you still fucked up. Yeah, I know, because I was late to hitting the button. I know. I'm so worried about opening <clears throat> your beer. You're like, oh, that's right. I have to also press the button. Well, opening the beer was important, and I mishit the button. And uh, you mishit buttons all the time, but nobody ever hears it. It's like a tree in a forest. Let's start the show. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye. And drink your rye, Sam Houston. Sam Houston. Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right day, the fucking Gooner Graham. Smoke of a lord, but straight and short. Sam Graham. Sam Graham. Wait, Hiram, we're like the Spider-Man meme. Hello and welcome <laughs> to the DU Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League is held by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the way from me, young, hot, freshness, Hiram Wainwright, back in the building. How you doing, brother? I'm hitting my Jude Bellingham right now, so I'm feeling great. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And of course, on the ones and twos, as always, producer Mel, how are we doing over there, ma'am? I'm great. I just look over and I see both of you with your koozies <laughs> on the camera. I'm like, oh, this is ridiculous. Well, and it's nice because it's an actual camera because uh, we motherfucking upgraded over Christmas. What's good is when Graham's here, he won't be able to see his own reflection, so there won't be any mean <clears throat> mugging for the camera. Or him fucking and fixing his hair all the time. Yeah, he'll still do that. I mean, <laughs> you're right. He is a fuckboy at heart. <laughs> We're recording at the DU Public House just outside the nation's capital. You can check us out wherever you get your podcast, And, of course, streaming live every single night that we do the show. Typically on Mondays, but tonight on a Thursday. Why? Because we don't stop fucking working for you. We're going to do shows every single time there's a fixture week. Midweek, weekend, another weekend, three game, three weeks and uh, three sets of fixtures in uh, 10 days. You know, we can make it happen. But remember, Klopp, all the rest of the leagues do one more than you. So stop bitching and moaning about the fucking uh, holiday season. You know you won't. Now, should you want to chat with us, there is many ways that you can... Hiram, tell the good people how they can get in touch. Well, yes, you can go ahead and reach out to us via email at dufootballshow at gmail. Uh, you can also reach out to us on Twitter or X, as they like to call it, at the DU Football Show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Graham's going to let you hear about that one. I'm uh, just telling you that right now. I'm That's, always going to hear shit from Graham. Let's be real. It's it. very true. You always will. And also... um. If you are on TikTok and you listen to the show, please do us a favor and give DU Football Show a follow over there. That is legitimately numbers mean everything over there, yeah. much like YouTube. So even if you listen to us on another platform and or you watch, say, like the halftime check-ins on the closed group for Facebook, that's fine. But if you have the app, Please take a second and give us a follow. It is massive. The numbers mean everything. Yeah, we can't stream to TikTok until we get the follows. Yep, it's exactly how it works. And, um, you know, Graham just wants another venue and for, for people to see him and his beautiful fucking uh, flowing locks of hair. Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirit industry and both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. 
So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we've got to have a drink at our hand throughout this show. And every single show, typically Hiram, it would be you. But not this time. Mm. No, sir. We have a special guest on the phone. Uh, caller, what are we enjoying tonight? Uh, first, I'm going to enjoy directing you to the correct Twitter handle, which is at the football show, not at the D football show. Okay. So if you're going to access on Twitter, then do it at the football show, please. That's the first thing. Twitter doesn't Second exist thing, anymore. It's X. <laughs> no, I said access on Twitter. Oh, heard. Very good. It is. Uh, th- that's a joke, Sam, is what that's called. Okay. Uh, this is the uh, number 18. This is the Teeling Wonders of Wood, second edition virgin Portuguese oak. Um, basically what Cristiano Ronaldo was accused of getting into all those years ago. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's uh, we, um, <laughs> it should run you about a hundred bucks. This is an Irish single pot still. Um, obviously it originates in Ireland. It is a hundred proof and your blurb comes to you from Mr. Shane English of the whis- uh, whiskey advocate. The Irish single pot still expression from Dublin's teeling whiskey leads with a densely layered nose that is floral and fruity with just a hint of stony minerality and earthy wood. Pineapple and mango jump out of the glass on a gust of flowery potpourri and a whisper of salty sea air. The new oak to mature this whiskey really pops on the palate where the balance between pepper, coriander, sweet tea, and berry compote shines through the oaky sweetness. Yeah, sweet tea. I'm definitely getting that. Very good. Uh, What's the price point on this, Mr. Graham? Uh, should run you about a hundred bucks MSRP. <clears throat> okay, very good. Ran me a little bit more when I bought it, but um, yeah, I, this is the second offering from uh the Wonders of Wood to um make the list. Last year there was the new brand new American White Oak. Uh, I like, but I'm also not wowed. Like, ironically, yeah, the wood. Wow. Um, <laughs> I'm 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 not wowed by it. Um for the price of admission, I always refer back to that Glendalock 18-year-old, which was a single malt, not a pot still, not a single pot still. Yep. And I'll explain those differences in a moment. But for me, that Mizanora oak finish, that 13-year-old from Glendalock, is leaps and bounds better, and it was cheaper. Do you remember when we tried that Alfa Romeo whistle pig? Yes. Right up front, that potpourri reminds me of that oolong tea barrel that was aged in. Yeah, I would agree with that. Absolutely. And it's 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 more potpourri like dried flowers rather than fresh and floral like you would think of a Speyside Scotch. Right. Um, I don't know if I care for it, to be honest with you. No. I definitely get the berry compote on the finish. That it's a dark berry sweetness at the end, like a almost like a raspberry, blackberry kind of thing going it's, on. It's definitely big sweet. There is there's a lot yeah. of sweetness to this whiskey. It, it's not bad necessarily. I just don't know if it's my cup of tea. To be honest yeah. with you, uh, so to speak. So, and I'll describe it as sweet tea. <laughs> it, it had that kind of sweet tea thing going on. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Very good. I'm not normally a sweet person. I don't normally go on the bourbon side, but. I love all the nuance. I get the coriander and the pepper undernotes and the sweet tea. It's not just the sweet. It's that, uh, I don't know how else to describe it, except that little bit of bitterness you get from brewed tea. Okay. That little bit of dryness in there. 
that's the tea that I get, and the sweet kind of goes with it. But it's it, it's that. It's almost like it, you're right, Mel. It's almost like a tannic quality from yeah. the stems, yeah, yeah of yeah. a tea leaf. Tannic quality. There, you go. I needed yeah. the expert to fill yeah, in. It's a no problem. <laughs> and for a, for a, for a Sam Sam for a second there, I thought we were finally getting her to admit what we all knew, but she was just talking about the alcohol. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate that, Mr. Graham. Um, okay, um, we've got jokes in uh, the group. First of all, Smokey says that TikTok leads to OnlyFans. Okay. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that's pretty good. Hold, hold on. Since since we've got the camera here, hey, Smokey, only if ass nicely stud. <laughs> uh, and uh, Fulham Rob is checking in, going, "What started on time? The Earth is about to get hit by an asteroid." Not wrong, Rob. the The difference here is is the man with the three year old that disrespects him isn't here tonight. That uh, is the difference. He also adds on. Uh, can we just? He gives us permission to go ahead and skip Fulham this week. Nothing to see there. Oh yeah. no, no, Rob, Rob. I mean, we could skip talking about the game, but we can't skip. Leno and we sure as hell no. can't skip how Marco Silva tried to brush it over and somehow made it sound worse. We gotta talk about that for sure. I, I'm sorry, man. I can't wait until that kid is in the prem and that gets brought up. Oh my god, that would be too funny. That would be too funny. The um uh the kid the kid that um uh, stole the ball from Tony Tarasco back in the 90s. The, the, uh, it was the Yankees against the Orioles. Mm. That kid did make it to the minor leagues. He never made it to the majors, but he did make get, get drafted and played in the minor leagues. Damn. The thing I wanted to mention about the whiskey here real quick, because uh, I said I would talk about the difference of a single malt and a single pot still. So a single malt only done in a pot still, mm. and it is uh, made 100% barley from one location that is worldwide, right? So like Westward makes a single bond, 100% barley, pot stilled, made in one location. Ireland does that. Scotland does that. Japan does that. Uh, India does that. Mm. But if you see the word single malt, that's what it means. Has to be only barley grain, has to be done in a pot still, has to be made at one distillery. Now, what is a pot still whiskey? <clears throat> this is a category that's come up with Irish whiskey because let's face it, you know, they kind of had a potato problem and then prohibition happened and they kind of like had everybody leave their country. So they weren't making a lot of whiskey. And at one point there was only three whiskey houses in all of Ireland. Yeah. And it wasn't until recently over the past, you know, 15 years that there's been more of an explosion of distilleries again in Ireland you can't make single malt that fast. Mm. You just can't. And you can only make so much whiskey. So what happens is they started doing this category called single pot still, where you do a single round of barley, run through a single pot, made at a single distillery. What'll happen is, is that it has to be 70% of this single pot, pot barley, and mm. then 30% it can be mixed in any other kind of grain, typically corn, because corn's a very neutral grain. Some people will use wheat, but wheat is very expensive in comparisons to corn, and wheat is what gets used in kind of higher-end blends in Scotland as well. But that's the idea of a difference between a single pot still and a single malt. In about 10 years, Ireland's going to have a shit ton of single malts. They just won't right now because... You got to be putting out some kind of whiskey to go along with the fact that you're producing. So that's where you have to pay your bills. Sam. Yeah, I mean, you got to, you know, we talk about it all the time with craft distilleries. They almost always 
have either a white dog, a vodka, or a gin because they have to sell something to keep the fucking lights on while the whiskey's laying down. Yeah, yeah, it, precisely. That's exactly it. So that's where this category kind of came from. And it's one that is um, very exclusive to just Ireland. Like mm-hmm. nobody else is really doing it. And honestly, I don't really see where anybody else has a reason to do it. Correct. Scotland already has a shit ton of single malts, so they can easily just go, we'll make blends and we'll make single malts. That's very well, and then, Yeah, what was that, Sam? Th- I'm sorry, this also goes back to um, you said Ireland had a potato problem. I think you spelled oppressor problem incorrectly um, <laughs> because uh, the Scottish, while remaining loyal to the crown and not, you know, since the days of William Wallace, truly rebellious, while Ireland popped up at every opportunity to rebel and get their independence, um, the English crown decided to tax essentially all of the distilleries out of business. Uh, and you were left with just those three, one of which was in Northern Ireland anyway. Right. Very um, so it, was, it wasn't until the Irish gained their independence that that the country was really allowed to set up their own liquor laws anyway and uh, allow distilleries to flourish. Part of the reason why Irish whiskey was always seen as dog shit because it was essentially European moonshine. Oh, yeah. Poutine. Poutine. Everybody exactly. Has, whenever anybody sees poutine, they were like, oh, it's like, oh, that's like moonshine. You're like, no, moonshine's like poutine because poutine existed first. <laughs> hey, hey, and Hiram, I just want you to say, I got to get ready to go to get in the car because they're done dinner. Now they're going to be on time again. Um, yeah, that's how my night's going. Uh, Hiram, I won't let him whitewash history, brother. We're standing together, okay? What the fuck? <laughs> hey, 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 Graham, just, just re- remember the following. Look, um, Scotland was at least smart enough or uh, in- ingenuitive enough to uh, go, oh, you took you took all of our fucking trees. We'll burn dirt. Ireland, <laughs> Ireland went, oh, you took all our potatoes. Guess we'll just starve. <laughs> like, couldn't figure out something because they were like, well, we use the beets, motherfucker, to make poutine. So fuck you. We're not going to get rid of the poutine. We need the alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. All righty, stud. Well, it was fun talking to you. Have a fun uh, fun time driving and stop fucking uh, trying, uh, to, stop trying to play it off like uh, like you're not here tonight because, oh, you work so fucking hard. I am. You're not. I mean, that's. You would that's be. part of it. Yeah, it ain't part of it. Oh well, no, that's part of the reason that you all that you all are able to go so early is because it's two freelancers and a uh, supplier rep, which means all of you are part time employees. Well, you, well, you know, a couple of thoughts here, Stud. Uh, first off, the only reason why you go so late at night is because you have the inability to pull out, and the only reason why you drive up the road tonight is because you failed at marriage once. <laughs> at least my marriage has worked every time. Well. <laughs> let's not let's not get into the grimy details. <laughs> number one and number two uh, regarding the pullout game, it just feels so good. You know. <laughs> hey, hey Graham, one more thing. It feels so good to be on the other side, and Graham is the one who's getting hung up on. Yeah, hundred percent of the I'm, time, I'm it works a hundred percent of the time, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm going to get a text going. Ha ha! I heard that coming. Very good. And you know, the one thing Graham didn't say that does need to be said, Hiram, do you remember what we're supposed to say before we, uh, when we end the liquor segment? Please drink responsibly. That's it. Cheers, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it was a little awkward coming in. All right. Let's go ahead and talk some footy. Um, both Manchester clubs had disastrous first halves, but brilliant second halves 
that leave both the Houstons about to enjoy a shot of Malort. Fuck. Manchester United 3, Aston Villa 2, Manchester City 3, Everton 1. What a brilliant first half from Villa. Wait, what a brilliant <laughs> second half from United. Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. Mel, it couldn't have gone more perfectly for you. I mean, you're up 2 nothing like 20 minutes in. You're fucking rolling. Oh, yeah. I was feeling good. I was feeling cocky. I'm already planning my memes and my whole thing. And then it just started to fall apart and then the guys just forgot who they were passing to and who they were and it uh it was it was it was abysmal uh it would appear garnacho is finally starting to get his feet really set in the league mm -hmm. with the brace he had the wonder goal obviously against everton he's now, good i now, was enjoying watching him play let's also keep in <laughs> mind that between the wonder goal and uh, the brace that he had, uh, they scored exactly fuck all in four matches. Right. <laughs> well, let's be real. Like he, like you pretty much alluded to, he's like their best player in the past, what, month or so? Mm -hmm. Oh, easily, easily. You can tell he's making an impact on a game. Um, we were talking about it at the end of the first half going into the second half. We all watched the uh, match at Dark Horse. Um, and as we were watching it, we were just like, why hasn't Emery made a sub in the midfield to help double up Garnacho because he was burning, burning him on the outside flank and they needed more depth. And Jacob Ramsey just wasn't getting back. And you're also, I mean, you're missing, you know, Kamara as well. Dendocker put in a shift and he played fairly did, well, you but- You Dendocker, I'm not a fan of Dendocker, but he, he did really well. Uh, got that cheeky little score, which was adorable. It's the uh, Legla. Legla? Mm. Am I saying that? But, but also, I, with, I don't like the Legla. Legit. Legit. Whatever. But he needs to go away. We have plenty of wonderful Frenchmen. But him and Dendonker, both of them, them, both of them were asked to play full minutes, and mm. Dendonker eventually got subbed off. But yeah. those two guys haven't played a full 90 this entire season. No. And, and that leads me to my next point. It just looked like Villa was fucking tired in the second so half. Tired. I mean, they looked fucking gassed. I think we should have Klopp do our post-game presser to talk about how tired <laughs> we were. How we just all the games. It's just too many games. And then shine the uh, bright veneers. <laughs> nice and happy all like. <laughs> we're so tired. Um, Mel, is this all catching up to you? Do you think it's finally it is? It is? Yeah. I'm afraid it is. Uh, the worry in the fan chats is that we've been found out. And it's like, no, Emery Ball has always <clears> been known. There's nothing, there's no surprises that Emery brings to a team, that Emma, he brings to a team. We just got outgassed and we, I think it's good that I, I, I'm going to put a positive spin on it. It's good that it happened because now we can retool and get serious and buckle back down. All the titles talk is just ridiculous and it's not helping anybody. It's not helping the fans. The expectations are higher than they should be. Let's just enjoy the run, enjoy the team, enjoy what's happening and wait until, you know, Arsenal and Liverpool fuck off and bottle it. Well, the problem is the next team we're about to talk about suddenly woke up. <laughs> um, but here's here's kind of the thing is with that too. Do I get straight, my lord, or is this you got You got straight, my lord. I thought we had a choice of my I will now. give you barrel aged then. I will, yes. I will drink that, my lord, and I will get you barrel aged. I would like, for my punishment, 
barrel aged Malort. Hit me with the wood. Yeah, that's right. Um, should you want to come over and have a tasting trio of Malort, I have the ability to do so for you. Should you want a flight of Malort? In other words, if you want to kill yourself, come over and get some Malort. This needs to be a thing. I don't want you guys buying more Malort, but I want our listeners to be buying us different types of Malort. Uh, those, I In will fact, tell you. Y'all, now when you see the weird ass Malorts, don't go, hey guys, buy it. Just buy it and send it to us. Uh, just gonna let you know that's gonna cost you uh, pretty Shut fun. Up. Money. That's why I don't want you buying it. Uh, <laughs> you're not wrong. You know uh, what? Hey, hey Mel, I'm, I'm uh, Houston's that love each other should Malort oh, yeah, together. So right. I'm gonna go ahead and do mine with you right now, too. You know, just because, and we'll get to my travesty. Feels so good not to do it. Phil and Houston, Nicole Thompson checking in saying, because Villa Fox apparently with wood. Mm. Oh, yeah. Graham was right. The wood is better. It mutes it. It's what we said when we when we tried it. It just it mutes the it's not as earwaxy and it's not the, the aftertaste isn't as bad. I mean, it's still Malort. You can still tell it's Malort. It's yeah. just muted Malort. It It's Malort with a purpose now. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if you're just. If the whole purpose is to drink Malort, why not just have the full blood experience, like the like kick you in the nuts, fucking mm. Malort? Are we done talking about Villa? Yes, we are, because I do want to ask the following question. I'll, uh, Hiram, I'll direct this towards you. Yes, sir. Is this the start of something or just another one-off for United? It's just another one-off, I think. Simply because- I tend to agree. Simply because like we've seen this more so in the past season and then the season alone where yeah. they'll have like a couple of good games they'll somewhat start to find some form and then they'll start to falter again getting i don't they have, I think they have like I, very minimal draws but they'll start to lose like a couple matches against you guys yeah. i thought hey there they are they're back that's and then they capitulated and couldn't score any goals after that right like they just completely fucked off for for two matches i think it was and it's definitely i definitely think it's mainly because of one, the team chemistry is also still faltering. Not mm-hmm. only with like, I know the situation with Varane uh, possibly going back to uh, Real or even going to, um, I think he might be going back to France or something like that as well yeah. too. Uh, I think it was uh, RC Lens or something like that. And then also, of course, the Sancho situation and then uh, just like not having that trust within the locker room because he's, it's pretty obvious he's like hand selecting every single one right. for like only those games and only for every game essentially not just like t- typical games like he's right and it makes sense Garnacho he's been balling like crazy I don't see why you wouldn't want to play him right of course um, Ho- Hoyland I mean he, at least he finally fucking he finally scored, scored. In the yeah and that's good I do want to give him credit he is a good player he just definitely need to find his footing for sure but as far as like wanting to get that uh, well you saw, the it in the ch- you saw it in the Champions League he was at one point the leading goal scorer in the Champions League group stage like, but he had that experience but, in Champions League yeah. he hasn't played consistent ball in Prem until now though that's the only difference though <clears throat> yeah precisely and it's uh, so I think you can look at each of the situations with United and you can take it on a case by case scenario right because mm-hmm. in the case of Sancho I would say this is the coach's fault and he needs to figure it out because you've got a good, young, talented player. Now, and I mean, it's ageism for me to say this, but it is. It's what it is. Mm. When you look at older players like um, Varane, Casemiro, and Erickson, who suddenly don't seem to be in favor and not in the side. I know Casemiro has been dealing with some injuries, but there's been opportunities to play him and he hasn't been using them. In those instances, especially with Varane, mm-hmm. 
and you're united and you're trying to fucking fix everything, he doesn't want to be there. Get rid of him. Like you held on to Pogba for too long, but when you finally got rid of him, you saw a difference in the team when he was gone. Right. If there's a can't same same thing with Ronaldo. Yeah, Ronaldo was scoring goals, but Ronaldo was a bit of a cancer. And I know Ronaldo apologists will say, "Well, he was trying to change things." Well, not your fucking job, mate. Yeah. Your job's to do score goals and to do what the fucking coach tells you, right? And it doesn't also matter. And it doesn't matter what club you play for. That's the reason why you look at somebody like him and you go. Wow, look at all the clubs he bounced around to. And if we want to compare apples to apples, because everybody does, with Messi, mm. Messi played with Barcelona forever till they could not afford him anymore. And then PSG could afford him. And then Miami could afford him. Like, Which I'm still kind of questionable about, but anyway. <laughs> but, but all of that, you know, like he has moved from club to club, mm. not because there was headbutts with the manager or not because he wasn't getting what he wanted. Like... Ronaldo classically wants it to be about him. And it's like, this ain't the NBA, man. You can't be LeBron and coach the team from the fucking court. You're not allowed to do that. And I think it's you mainly because like, he did get that arrogance when he, from his first term in United because of the influence he got from Alex Ferguson. Like, Ferguson was literally a god, is literally a god to United mm -hmm. uh, in general, or just football as a whole because like, of the all success he's done. Um, He's also an incredible man manager. 100%. Like, like the only person I think manager who may be a better man manager than than Sir Alex would be Carlo Ancelotti. That would be the only one I would say could manage people better. Okay, yeah, I, I agree. But also, Ferguson blows Ancelotti out of the water when it comes to tactician, mm. right? Also, that gamesmanship on the sidelines and the subliminal bullshit that you do in front of the camera for the press. Like, Ferguson was a master at that. But for man management, I'd say Ancelotti was probably better. But for all those instances, the simple fact is, is if it's a cancer, fucking cut it out. Right. And, and if your attitude when you're there isn't, I play for Manchester United, Manchester United is the most important thing, you should not be playing for that team. 100%. It's just that's, that's the team they are. That is the history they have established the badge is way more important than the name. Not one player or coach is bigger than the club itself. Right. And we can say that about all of our other clubs. Yeah. But in that instance, that's the gold fucking standard. You play for them. That is all that matters. 100%. And, and for me, I'm just until they start putting a run together that's convincing. Because let's remember back in November, Ten Hog won manager of the month because they won a bunch of fucking games in a row. And they were on fire, right? Right. Like I'm about to But but they weren't on real fire. They were winning one nothing against really shitty teams. Like they beat Luton, I think one nothing. They beat Shetfield one nothing. They beat um somebody two to one. Uh Fulham, I think it was two to one. Like they just it wasn't like they were beating the best of the best. And now that they've had challenges, they've made mistakes. Like let's look I'm just looking back from like the uh recent fixtures from the beginning of November to now. Fulham, they won one nil. Luton, they won one nil. Everton, they won three nil. Then they lost Newcastle one nil. Beat Chelsea two one. Then Bournemouth, they lost three nil. <laughs> Drew with Liverpool nil nil. And then they lost their last match before um, Villa two nil to West Ham. Yeah, that was like three matches in a row where they didn't score a goal. Right. The fact that anyone would even think that oh this is their shot, they're back. This is a shot in the arm. They. It was a lucky night at Old Trafford, and it was 
I won't deny it wasn't a magical performance for sure. Like they definitely show like, okay, we can, we have the potential to get back to where we need to be. Like we are fucking man United. Like we need to step up. But again, it's this current man United team. They don't have that confidence to keep striving for that same success that they had in, in the early 2000s and 90s and anything like that. It's don't show it to us for just 45 minutes against a team that's in the top four. Show it to us for 90 minutes week after week after week. And so far, the body of proof would say they haven't this season. Uh, moving on, Everton were damn near perfect in the first half. Yeah. I mean, City looked like they were sleepwalking. And when they tried, they didn't even look like they could get anything done. They got one shot on target that, that Pickford handled. And the Harrison goal was great. But Harrison almost scored a second time if it wasn't for a brilliant save from Ederson. And this game could have been 2 or 3 nothing at the half. But Pep had a conversation. <laughs> Boy, did they turn it on. <laughs> I definitely, and I told you this um, before we recorded um, earlier today, I felt like this was, like that first half was them trying to get their bearings back, as coming back from Saudi Arabia in the Club mm-hmm. World Cup. Uh, not to say like that's an excuse, like why they can see the goal. They're the fucking champions of the world. They should be scoring left and right all over teams like that. Think about it in America. You're flying from the East Coast to the West Coast and you live on the West Coast. There's going to be, some jet lag they're right. coming from saudi arabia back to to england and right they were also going from perfectly warm lovely weather in the middle of winter in saudi arabia to uh, fucking pissing rain and cold in liverpool when they got back like yeah it's just it, there's a difference there that but that goal from Foden that was fucking nasty like i'm an evertonian and i can fucking that goal was <laughs> nasty i i can definitely say i am a phil Foden fan especially i don't as much as i don't like like city that much because of like what they've done in the past even though of course me as the terms fan saying that that's hilarious yeah. <laughs> you know we're fucking billionaire fc and whatever mm-hmm. but still Foden is a fen- phenomenal talent though um, here's the question i have for you do we think finally because we know that Phil Foden has always had good technical ability. We've always gone such a great young talent, but he's never really seemed to fit into the pep side or he's good for bit parts and he comes up with goals, but he's not like that guy, right? Like De Bruyne was or how Rodri is like not the guy. And I feel like he's starting to fill into that role. He's starting to become the guy. And I think it's because pep has finally been forced to make him play because of the injuries he sustained to the team. I think it's also because, like, you can't rely too much so heavily on, on the three players, on your DeBarnas, on your Rodgers, on your Hollands. Like, you definitely – there definitely has to be a system that is in place. Bowden may not be fitting in the way that we assume that he is, even though he, they they are having, um, like, a, a substantial amount of success, <laughs> success overall. I still think – he might be a little bit behind on the totem pole as far as like being that next guy up, like mm-hmm. being like that fourth man is like, okay, this is the core four. Cause before it was what, uh, uh, Aguero, um, I guess you could put Sterling and Sonny in there. Like those front three, that was like still a, a phenomenal front three, even though it wasn't like elite standards, like a MSN or, uh, Bale, uh, Benzema and Ronaldo or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's still like those, that front three was still phenomenal, but, still thinking about it this way where it's like the new age where it's like midfield players in this case have definitely been stepping up for City especially with De Bruyne and Rodri and even Gunnar when he was there too like he was definitely phenomenal as well too I think Foden is on his way there 
but he's still making he still has some work to do to get to that top spot especially being like the next man up yeah yeah, but precisely and so was it a handball yeah but then again it's city but but where the fuck's he supposed to put his arm he's sliding at the ball where is he supposed to and also when we talk about you know the camera is going to see exactly what it wants to see even when we talk about tackles and it'll see those spikes right against the ankle Mm. and a good good shout by the um by the um nbc crew the uh the guys at the desk at halftime talk uh, at the end of the game talking about it he slides in the arms here the ball hits him and his arm goes up like that because naturally that's going to happen when somebody hits a ball 70 miles an hour right right? um i don't know where he's supposed to put his arm and 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 i will say the following and this isn't going to be me being evertony excusey okay because it's what it is in today's day and age, they're going to call that a handball. That's right. what they're going to do. But where's the guy supposed to put his arm? He's sliding at the ball. That's all he's doing, right? And the ball hits his arm and shoots it up even higher. So the freeze frame you have is his arm all the way up here when his arm was down here when he starts to slide. But if we're going to go back a couple seasons ago, the year that uh, City won the uh, league by one point on the final day over Liverpool, mm-hmm. just a few months before that, at Goodison, Rodri, as a ball's bouncing wide inside the box, holds up his arm like this. It hits the sleeve, and they rule that as not a handball. And it's like, that's not a handball when he very intentionally put his arm up in the air to make sure the ball didn't get by him. Yeah. But a guy sliding that you're going to, like, you slide, like, your arm's going to be up a little. Like, it just... It's not like he was raising his hand trying to knock the ball down. So it just, it's a shame because, and Graham's talked about this a lot. We got to figure out what the handball rule is. And I think what we have to do is we got to dial it back Mm. from, I think we've reached this point where it's like, well, if it hits this part of the shirt or this part of the shirt or, or if the hands out in any way and you're a defensive player, it could be a handball. But if any hand if the hand hits if an arm hits a ball in any way shape or form in the involvement of a goal it's automatically a handball it's like i think we maybe have taken the microscope too deep on this rule and we need to just kind of start letting the refs on the field figure it out yeah. and we could just bitch and moan on the side where we thought what was a handball or what wasn't a handball and we can go oh they got that call because they're city i'd almost rather that I'd really almost rather that. And there'll be another example later on that we'll talk about where, like, just show us some motherfucking consistency for fuck's sake. You know, it's not going to happen, though. You know, but I am going to say one thing as we finish up this segment. Um, Don't look now, everybody. Do you hear those footsteps? Those footsteps are Manchester fucking city. This segment's just for Rob. Boxing Day gave us fireworks, and a lot of them came from two matches we all thought were just going to be the tamest matches of the week. Luton Town 3, Sheffield 2, Bournemouth 3, Fulham 0. Five goals in the Luton Town Sheffield match. I want to say, and I agreed with him, in Sam Graham's bet, he said the safest part of his bet wasn't Liverpool beating Burnley, but it was going to be Luton and Sheffield scoring less than three goals total. Not even pick a winner, just that they were going to score less than three goals total. Mm. I looked right at him and said, you are absolutely right. That is the safest part of your bet. 
five fucking goals, four of them scored by Sheffield, and Sheffield still manages to lose the fucking game. <laughs> that was so... I felt so bad for uh, Sheffield in that match. This is what happens to a team that's in dead last. I mean, especially, like, you're down one nothing. Mm. You charge back. You go up 2-1 to one in your building. Here it is. This is the moment. You're going to fucking take it over, right? Eh. Couple of own goals, two minutes apart from one another. One of them, the the, the second one to Salmania yeah. that, that got charged to him, it was a ball coming back in that he just stuck his knee out and just somehow perfectly curved up into the upper 90s. It was like, it went over someone's head and they were trying to head it out too. I like, still don't know how. How? How did that one happen? Like, how did it hit his thigh and go that way? Like, it was absolutely ridiculous, man. Uh, I'm speechless. Because <laughs> like, it's... What do you say to that though? Like, the fact that you... they. From the first half, of course, Sheffield wasn't looking as strong as um, they appeared to be. Mm-hmm. Um, second half, they came out out the gates, two goals yeah. in. They're looking like the strongest team. I even wrote down my notes. I think I said, uh, yeah, uh, gutsy second half performance by Sheffield. Seems like they wanted it more in their attacking play <laughs> until that first own goal spiraled into them eventually losing the match. So um, this was the last point I have on my notes, but I'm going to go ahead and bring it up now because it applies to both. Sometimes it's just about luck Mm. because for Sheffield, you're in dead last. You make the managerial change again, I think way too late. I think they had needed to make this change two months ago, probably at the end of October, they needed to make this change and they stuck with it. Um, And it just seems like even when you're doing things right, you find a way to lose, right? You just find a way to fuck it off. Mm. And then in the case of Luton, when you're not necessarily at your best, but you're finding ways to get points, which they've been doing now that Kenilworth Road is open and they're starting to really, it's starting to become this little fortress and everybody's falling in love with them because they're they're the little engine that could. Like yeah. everybody wants to see them do well, right? And as long as it's not at their expense, you're just like, you know, for like me, like right now, we're only one point behind them and uh, one point ahead of them in the table. But... It, it just like they didn't deserve to win that match. They found a way to fucking win it. They found a way to win it. Some sometimes dumb luck just bites you in the ass. I couldn't have said it anymore. I I totally agree with you on that because like they definitely found ways to win. I'm still trying to find out how to beat uh, Newcastle uh, the early this week. Well, the, I can tell you why. Because Newcastle are currently playing with five and a half players. And that's what their starting line is. Because <laughs> everybody's hurt or one guy decided to gamble. <laughs> you know, Italians. That's what they like. <laughs> they love They love their gambling scandals, man. They fucking love their gambling scandals. Oh, Italy. <laughs> um, here's, you, I want to look back at the last time you were here. Mm-hmm. Because the last time you were here... Bournemouth were in a shit way. Mm. And both of us agreed. We were just like, you know, Luton or Burnley or Sheffield could probably figure a way out in Bournemouth going down because Bournemouth is dog shit. Since the loss to Everton and the and the bad loss to City, they have blown the fuck up. They are playing great fucking ball right now. I don't know how. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, I don't know where this came from. But 
They need to chill the fuck out. <laughs> I think I think a lot of it has to do with their coach Ariola. Finally, the system's starting to work. He's mm-hmm. finally starting to find the players he wants to use and work with. That helps a lot. Um, they did. Uh, I forget his name. The kid who scored the third, uh, the second goal, um, is um, a player that was down with them when they were when they were down in the championship. Suffered a major injury and was out all of last year and just came back. Yeah, and. Hey, pulled practically a fucking Maradona from fucking just inside of midfield, just dribbled by like eight guys, put the ball in the back of the net. Um, Here's an interesting thing with them. First penalty shot in 60 fucking matches, man. Can you believe that? Like 90% of the time that they were down in the fucking uh, championship, they didn't uh, like they didn't have a penalty. And then when they got up here, they didn't have a penalty at all the entirety of last season. They finally get a penalty. And don't look now. Dominic Solanke is second in the league for goals. Should we be worried? Uh, I, You know, at one point, at one point this weekend, they, uh, of this midweek, I'm sorry, it's the end of the year. All Everything feels like it's Saturday and it Sunday so right now. so upside down this past weekend. <laughs> just, oh, my gosh. Just everything feels like the weekend right now. I just feel so fucking off. Um <laughs> Tomorrow, I'm going to think it's Tuesday because right now I feel like it's Monday. Um, Jesus. <laughs> it's just, it's so fucked up. At one point in the midweek, they were in 10th fucking place. This is a team that was dead last and dead to rights. I yeah. mean, they have shot up the table. But you know, none of that matters, right? Mm. None of it matters. All we're going to talk about, Mel, and I know you want to chime in on this too because you got stuff that Marco said. Um, uh, Bertrand Leno um, pushed a kid. <laughs> uh, ball boy doing normal ball boy chicanery. Um, according um, to Marco Silva, no, he just touched a kid. That makes it worse. <laughs> Some Marco somehow made it worse. Somehow made it fucking worse. You don't and touch don't the ca- kids. And I, I don't care if you're Portuguese and you have the sexy voice. Just that don't help. In fact, that makes it double worse. <laughs> just, oh my God. And so, it, it, ball boy's holding out the ball, and he's not tossing it to him, right? Yeah. That's the thing. He's not tossing it to him, but he is holding the ball out to him. So, I know, grabs the ball, and then just kind of whacks at the kid. I wouldn't say it was a full-blown push, but he definitely swung his hand at him mm. and, 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 and got him a little. And, uh, yeah, Marco Silva in the post-presser was like, no, no, he didn't push him. He touched him. I'm like, that non-mankin? No. Uh, he said, we wanted to play quick, and I don't know who gave instructions for them to hold always the ball to delay the beginning of the game. I didn't see him push. He touched the ball boy, not push the ball boy. Those are different things. I am not English, but I know the difference between one word and the other. Yeah, there are two very different things. One is pushing. The mm-hmm. other is damn near assault. Yeah. <laughs> um, Marco? didn't bring to the game not just the basics of football i believe the basics of life i mean <laughs> let's be real he didn't hurt the child no. it wasn't a heavy shove that kid is now famous well uh if that kid doesn't make it to the prem i can tell you why because he's an academy player there yeah. if he doesn't make it to the prem i give it to you right now uh-huh because he didn't immediately flop to the ground and grab his head and start rolling around <laughs> is what he should have done. Got to learn how to sell a yeah. foul, kid. Come on. Yeah, the kid really <laughs> did not sell it very well. He needs Louis needs to work on that. So a little bit later in the match, uh, you see the um, one of the uh, head uh, like kind of mm-hmm. grounds people come out and talk with the fourth official, and then you see 
Leno go over, give the kid a hug. Now, if Marco's talking about it, he didn't hug him. He embraced him because, you know, we need to make things sound worse than they really are, Marco. No, he probably <laughs> would have said he made love to him. <laughs> no, no, he wouldn't go that far. Just embrace. Because Embr- let's. He, he gave him a hug or he embraced him. Hey, Which one sounds worse? That's the sound of love, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the... And then the kid gets moved. <laughs> like, well, apparently that was normal end of the game protocol. They removed the ball boys. So that was just coincidence. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, but that was normal. Normal end of game oh, protocol. Oh, so then the stewards handled the balls after that? Yeah, like, like there's a certain point where they take the kids off because, you know, what if the crowd comes? I don't know. There's protocols. Look, look that at, makes sense. Look at me being all Sylvian. The, the stewards <laughs> handle the balls. Yeah, no, apparently. <laughs> and honestly, I've never even, unless Dunk is picking one up flying through the air. I've never even noticed the ball kids. Remember Dunk that one mm-hmm. time? That yes. was my reference. Got yes, because he gave him a hug. I, I, I yeah, remember yeah, that. Yeah, it, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. it was a magical moment. Yeah, you, know you, know. Who we, you know who we beat that day? Huh? You know who we beat that day? Huh? Fucking Chelsea. You dick. <laughs> Rounded out the rest of the league. You know, so that happened. Forest 3, Newcastle 1, Liverpool 2, Burnley 0, Wolves 4, Brentford 1, Chelsea 2, Palace 1, Brighton 4, Spurs 2, West Ham 2, Arsenal 0. By the way, to any Brighton and West Ham supporters that are watching right now and go, why wasn't this in the main segment? Because we wrote these show notes two fucking hours ago. So whenever there's a game the day that we're doing the show, they're going into Oso, even if the games were fucking brilliant. So fuck off. Sorry. Normally, if if you would have done it on a Saturday, you would have led the fucking show. Oh, anyways. uh, Newcastle... At home, take an early lead. It seems like Newcastle's going to do what they do at home. They just win at home. And then the wood. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's it. Much like hire him on a date. <laughs> so throw it down. <laughs> Is that what you do with photo shoots? Just whack. <laughs> just check out my OnlyFans. You'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Smokey. You got an OnlyFans to follow. Um, the credit to him, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Mr. Wood did not celebrate too much because um, the irony of the dumpster fire that we like to refer to Newcastle, for, you know, in the the dark the dark times, the Mike <laughs> Ashley era, um, this kind of shit would always happen to him. It hasn't happened to him since they've seen good times and happiness and oil money. Mm. Um, Oh, you, you guys just so Newcastled. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Chris Wood's gonna score a fucking hat trick on you. <laughs> like, of 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 course. And I'm sure all of them are thinking that. And now the worst part is all of them because um in the FA Cup they face Sunderland in the third round. Mm-hmm. The doubt's already sinking in because that's their main derby, the Tyneware Derby. And they're already going, We're gonna fucking lose this Sunderland, aren't we? Aren't we? That's what's gonna happen to us. We got we got knocked out of the fucking uh got knocked out of Champions League. We got knocked out of the fucking League Cup. And our only hope of a trophy is going to now be the FA Cup. And our bitter art tribals are gonna fuck us. Well, give them credit. Again, like you said, they're only playing with five and a half players. Right. Five and a half players. It's hard it is hard to accomplish things when you have five and a half men on the pitch against the full uh, against the full eleven. Mm. And the question is for me, what half is it? Is it like half split down the middle just running down the field, or is it just like the it's bottom half with no head? It's just legs. Well, I mean, and what good is that? Like, I mean, <laughs> like at least the one half you could bounce around a little, you know. I mean, balance is hard, but at least you can see. Well, <laughs> no, it's actually this. It's like 
So you have all of Isaac's top half up, and then you have uh, Trippier's legs. That's it. Very good. The rest like is it. like, figure it out. <laughs> For Newcastle, you just got to wonder, like, it, much like what's happening with Village, you just... At Villa and Brighton, to a lesser extent, now not today, obviously, do you wonder if all these teams having to play multiple tournaments, is this all starting to catch up to them? Because they just don't have... Newcastle has finances, but they also have to stay within financial fair play. They can't just completely mock the rules like fucking Todd Bowley does. Um, <clears throat> I'll let that pass. <laughs> the... So, so you start to wonder, like, is all of this starting to catch up to him? That's for damn sure. I want to say yes, but Newcastle, in a way, can still find a way to get through. And I think Villa still has a chance to get through with this, uh, only because, well, they're not playing with five and a half men. But also, uh, yeah, Villa actually has, like, higher – I feel like they have a higher ceiling to reach th- than Newcastle this season. Mm-hmm. Only because not only with the Bruins of uh, Unai uh, Emery doing whatever he's doing with uh, Villa, but also – you have the addition with like uh, Diaby, Ali Watkins doing his main thing in, mm-hmm. up top, and then you also have like that phenomenal uh, midfield and for Villa, like just especially James McGinn having like somewhat of a resurgent career uh, season. John, I guess. yeah, yeah. So I think Villa will be fine. Mm-hmm. Brighton, they'll probably have some adjustment to do because you can tell like they're kind of like topsy turvy, even though they're only eighth in the table right now. Mm-hmm. They're still gonna find a way to somewhat balance it but not go all the way in their tournament runs yeah with newcastle they gotta get healthy quick yeah. they really do and it's, it's it's become that obvious uh reds liverpool moved back into first place and honestly in the match burnley didn't show a fucking thing really they they, they look like they were trying not to lose and they still lost I literally said in my notes, uh, low radar, but strong team showing for Liverpool. Yeah. Um, real quick, uh, this one, Russ, is especially for you as you're listening, as you're driving in the car. Uh, Russ is very bitter that we did not mention that Mo Salah got his 200th Premier League goal a few weeks back. Oh. Um, so I uh, just want to let you know, um, Russ, right now, Dominic Solanke has more goals than Mo Salah. <laughs> Moving on to uh, Wolves in Brentford. Uh, the Wang. The Wang gets a brace, but the problem is, is the Wang also pulled a muscle. (laughs) And if the Wang doesn't have a strong muscle, we know the Wang is going to go limp. (laughs) I, aside from Wang itself, I think ever since that match against City, they've been on a fucking tear. Really have. They really have. It's um, Gary O'Neill knows exactly what he has with his team. Mm. And he has it honed in perfectly. And it's uh, very um, akin to what my guys have been doing with Dice. Like, Dice, you don't... Uh, both these teams, you know what your your squad is. You play to your squad's strengths. And you adjust your lineup to who you're playing, right? Right. And you don't back down from anyone. And Wolves have done a great job. They back down from no one. They will go balls to the wall. Now, what worries me is with Wang, it's a hamstring, mm. right? It's clear. Those things, they, they could be tough. That could be a month. It could be three months. You just don't know. It could be a month. He comes back on the pitch and he immediately re-aggravates it. It's just such a, a delicate situation to deal with. And for them in particular, I feel like a lot of their success has become because Kunya and Wang have a great fucking partnership up top. 100%. And it's it's interesting because 
they play side to side, but then one will play the point, one will play behind in the half space, but then the other one will go to the point and the other one will play in the half space. And they seem to have this very simpatico relationship that is working brilliantly for Wolves right now. You know what kind of reminds me of? It kind of reminds me of the way Sun and Kane used to play. Yep. Very, very similar. Absolutely, I'd agree with that. Um, and Brentford, I mean, I'd, I'd like to talk more about what's going on with them, but honestly, they're just fucking wounded, man. There's so many injuries. Not only that, but can I also say the obvious, aside from the injuries, though, <laughs> They haven't been the same since Tony got suspended. Yeah, of course. Of like, course. Let's you be know, real. And Buemo and Wisa were both getting goals, but now Buemo's hurt and probably out for the bulk of the year. Like, his expected return date isn't until late March right now. And it's like, it, that that can destroy you. Yeah. And, yes, you get Tony back in January, but there's already rumors he wants to be fucking sold. I, I would say Arsenal would have a conversation about that as well, and now that you guys finally got a particular person back from injury that you haven't been able to use. I don't think he'll play the, uh, uh, the nine, though. Yeah, but that could prove to be helpful. It you could. Know, and not, you don't necessarily need the talismatic nine if, you know, you can let Palmer be that role. You can let, you know, um, uh, sorry, Miss Jackson be that role. You know, sorry, Miss <laughs> Jackson, I can't score goals except for four against Tottenham. Um, I told you that was a lazy hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> but... I, you know, for Brentford, I still ultimately think they'll be perfectly fine. But that home form, that strong ass home form, mm. this season is not there. They they lost to Everton. They lost to Villa at home. They now lost this one at home. They're not the fortress that they have been for a very very long time. Is it? And I feel like this is like a general question for like the all all of like uh, football. But have injuries really aggravated the entire season as far as like? Like the training and the medical staff lately, like it's been, like you even look at Spain with like um, most of uh, Real Madrid and Barcelona's team is like down and out, or even like um, like uh, Newcastle, like they're mm-hmm. pretty much like wounded, like the entire team. Like what, what would you say about that in general? I would, I personally, I would say injuries happen every year, and well, I yeah. think we look at last year and there were some really major injuries that really fucked things off for teams. I think in this circumstance. We have had multiple teams all at the same time sustain a fuck ton of injuries to the point where they're like playing kids off the bench kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And I think because we've had so many of those so close together, it's made it even more hyper-focused. I don't think we're seeing any difference in injuries than we did from last year. And honestly, last year, this time you were dealing with the World Cup. That's true. So... I think there were more injuries prior to the World Cup because they were forced to start early. They all played a shortened summer that really affected things. And then there were still big injuries after because they all just came back from the World Cup where they just literally destroyed their fucking bodies. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't know if this is like a completely different scenario, but for me, the the optics of it, when I look at it, it just seems like a bunch of teams lost a bunch of people at once. So mm. because these five teams lost fucking everybody, it just seems much bigger than it really is. Gotcha. Um, um, <clears throat> I would like to say on injury time, 
And if somebody would want to find Injury Time Producer Mel, how would they go about doing it? Well, it's very simple. I could tell you to just type in www.injurytime. No, Patreon. Patreon.com <laughs> backslash Injury Time. Graham's no, going to say, is it really that easy? Again, forward slash Injury Time. But you know, that's confusing instructions. You're missing it. I'm missing it. Hiram's not even listening anymore. So instead, scroll down. Wherever you're listening to this, there is some description that I have written, and in there is a link. Description you wrote? I write the fucking descriptions. Now, for that link, you've got options. You can go to Injury Time and get all the extra comment for just $5 a month, which honestly, that is cheaper than a grande oat milk gingerbread chai tea from fucking Starbucks that is $8.35, but that's a different conversation. Smokey already knows. He, he you know, he spends the five bucks. Just it's cheaper five. than an OnlyFans. That comes out to less than 10 cents a minute. Mine was only three. To help support two very thirsty alcoholics who are in need of better whiskey. So just uh, scroll on down. As we drink the top 20 whiskeys of the year. (laughs) And now is the perfect time to do it because coming up in the next eight weeks, we don't know when it's going to happen, but there will be a holiday video that will be something you wish you could tell to your friends, but you know they will judge you if you do. More words, not necessarily good words. <laughs> As I was saying on injury time uh, over the weekend, I did say this was going to be an ugly two to one victory for Chelsea. And you know what it was? An ugly two to one victory for Chelsea. Up the blows. <laughs> yeah. I tell you, I mean, you have to be happy. And Cuckoo is in the lineup. He makes oh, a fucking di- such a difference. 100%. And it, especially in this match, after like everyone, basically our entire starting 11 was basically suspended because of uh, yellow cards. Right. Um, He definitely made a difference. Moody definitely is starting to prove himself mm-hmm. more and more and more and I'm fucking ecstatic about that because I wanted I wanted this to start ever since the beginning <clears> but I knew it would take time because of course he came in halfway through last season but he still had to get his bearings and everything yeah, like the good news is each goal only costs you like a hundred fucking billion <laughs> you know what I'll take it I'll <laughs> <laughs> take it <laughs> um good get the penalty you know sometimes when the ball's not going in the back of the net you need a little bit of luck got mm. the fucking penalty you know, and that that ends up getting it for you. Um, in the meantime, Palace are when we talk about teams that are in trouble, right? It's like Forest got a much needed win, mm. you know, and they they move themselves up the uh, table a little bit, and Palace keeps sinking. And Everton, yeah, they've lost two in a row, and they're only one ahead of Luton, but those two losses were at Tottenham and fucking City, right? They did what they needed to do earlier in the month. They won right. four fucking straight without giving up a goal, right? Really, for them, the, the game that matters is Wolves on on Saturday. Like, those beat the teams around you. That's right. what matters to them, and they'll be perfectly fine. Palace, you start to wonder, like, you're only three points out of the drop, and you have not looked good. And I know there's been injuries, and I know you're missing some key fucking players, especially DeCorey, but you start to wonder, like, is Roy the boy maybe on the chop? I want to say yes, but at the same time, I feel like they are still around the place where they expected themselves to be. 
Yeah, but I think they expect themselves to be safe, right? Like I think they'll still be safe. No, yeah. I think this maybe 16th will be the high, the lowest they'll go, mm-hmm. uh, given if uh, Forest goes over them. But I don't think they'll go to like the point where it's like, okay, Palace is in the conversation of get, being relegated. Well, also keep in mind, Everton get one when Palace get a loss, Everton jumps over them as well. Yes, Mel. New Patreon supporter, Scott. Yeah! So What's when up? you just said too many words, producer Mel, <laughs> Scott just went uh, legally. No. <laughs> Good job, Scott. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Um, <laughs> you, so uh, for me, my only issue with it is, is that you brought in Roy because they were faltering a little bit last year. It wasn't at this time. It was a little later in the season. Yeah. And you brought him in because you just wanted old and old steady to steer the ship and you got rid of a promising young coach in Patrick Vieira. What are you going to do if you already got old steady, if you're gonna fire old steady? There's not an older steadier. Where the boys kind of like, as as Jose once famously said, he's our boss. Yeah. Like he's the boss. He is the boss of fucking bosses. Like go back to somebody young, like a, a young coach. And if like, maybe that's a shot of energy, but that could also like then blow up in your face like it just for me i mean the the longer term thing is i just feel like vera should still be the fucking coach to be honest i think if they do make the job for roy it'll be a certain wizard he'll come back (laughs) bring back the warlock (laughs) (laughs) fucking fantastic um seagulls take a massive league uh lead on uh yal pedro's brace and like go up fucking four nothing. It seems like it's fucking cruise control, right? Yeah, but at the same time, it's around the time where Spurs bottles it. So let's be real. Yeah, but then Spurs turn around, and score fucking two quick ones right at the end. It actually got kind of tight there for a minute. It was like, oh. um, here's an interesting stat for Brighton. They have still yet to have a shutout this entire season. Damn. Yeah, and 19 games in, like they are giving up a goal to at least everyone. Um, now I do think. Pedro might start to be the regular point man over Ferguson because mm-hmm. Ferguson's so streaky, yeah. especially just in his play in general. And that's to be expected. He's a fucking 20-year-old kid, right? Yeah. Like, Yao Pedro seems to be, even if he's not scoring, he seems to be kind of holding things together better. Um, so I think we're going to start to see him more. Now, here's the the thing I want to bring up where we're talking about inconsistencies in VAR. Mm-hmm. And again, this is not me being, oh, they didn't call it for Everton. Why'd they call it here, man? No, no. Because this is actually a direct apples for apples fucking comparison. Last game when Spurs and Everton played, Kulishevsky held Unana's jersey. Like you could see a picture of him pulling it straight out. Yeah. No VAR check, no foul called. In this match... He grabs a hold of Danny Welbeck's jersey, pulls him to the ground. VAR check, penalty called. The same fucking person committed the same fucking foul in back-to-back weeks. And I'm, for me, it's either call it all the time or call it none of the time, right? Mm. And particularly with the corners, because in the corners... All you see are people hugging players, pulling them to the ground, tack- I mean, flat out football tackling them, yeah. right? And so either we call it 
all the fucking time or we don't call it any of the time. And the problem is, is that they call it, they call it 10% of the time and they don't call it 90% of the time, which then it makes the 10% of the times they do call it just make you go, what the fuck? Well, with VAR this season, it's more of like, what's the backlash going to be like following the call essentially? And then depending on what that backlash uh, turns out to, that's how, that's what determines what the future call is going to be. Like you said, with the last game with, uh, was it Kulisevsky? Mm-hmm. Uh, with him, VAR check, no, no foul call from that. But or was it no penalty or? Yeah, no foul, no penalty, no, no foul, nothing. no penalty. But this week or this match, there's a foul and there's a and, penalty. And at that, a quick VAR check. It was the uh, VAR checking. Uh, nothing to see. They're going on like the quick, very yeah. quick VAR check. So it was like you didn't even want to look at that one, but this one you look at. It's the same fucking thing being done by the same fucking person in back-to-back weeks. Like, well, we also say this conspiracy against uh, Everton with the Premier League. Hey, I'm not even going to get into that. I'm not even, <laughs> like, I'm not even going to bother with that. I mean, I, I know I'm Jonesian and I know I have have the documents, but I'm I'm not going to go there. It just if this would have been Kulishevsky had done that against Brentford last week, mm. I'd be saying the exact same fucking thing. It's oh yeah, one hundred percent. You know, because and also, I mean, if you wanted to live in that conspiracy world, why why the fuck did it get called for Brighton? Like it was Spurs both times that committed the foul. Like you wouldn't call either because it's again, one of the big six clubs. Why would you ever call it? You would just be like nothing to see here. You looky loose. Because again, it'll be. They don't want to create that controversy of like they'll continue to do this over and over again with for not only a big six club, but like they don't want that backlash. Like, okay, v- they are definitely like going against the VAR. The whole point of VAR, like, if you review it and you see it's a clear foul being there, then why not award that foul to the team that got fouled? Obviously, right. fair. And um, the other last thing worth mentioning, it's Spurs finally seem like they're getting out of it. They're they're finally kind of figuring things out, minus, you know, obviously huge pieces like someone like James Madison. And then this one, they compl- I mean, they completely capitulated. Like it was just it was terrible. Yeah. Uh I sorry by the way, everybody. That was me that just let out that okay, god awful that, fucking burp. <laughs> I was kind of confused I, there. You, you, can't, you can't ignore it. It can't be edited out. So I just might as well admit to it. That I, was me. I just got a message from Scott. He is now cancering, canceling his cancering, cancering, cancering. You know? I'm, I'm sorry. Get some chemo, Scott. It might take care of it. Oh. Uh. <laughs> I have a terrible joke I'll save for injury time. I heard. Very good. <laughs> I got nothing to say after that. <laughs> Moving on. Um, I got to say, the Irons played, hands down, a perfect fucking match. Now, mm-hmm. I've been saying it week after week when they do this, when they did this to Spurs, they did this to United, they did it to Arsenal. You know they are going to be ruthless on the counterattack. Make sure you have support to cover that like you know they're going to withstand a ton of pressure and the minute you make the mistake and they can be on the go they're going to be on the go why not have rice be a little deeper just a little deeper just to make sure you slow them down just that much you know <clears throat> again i i want to say i genuinely enjoyed this match watching it I literally got bored watching this. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, well, I mean, honestly, that's the style of game West Ham's going to play. They are going to slow you down to a complete stop. Yeah. 
and they do it brilliantly. And it, it's the goal, the first goal, it's worth mentioning, there was a, a check to see if the ball went over the line, which is tough because this has already happened to Arsenal once in the yeah. Newcastle match. But I hate to say it, it's the exact same situation. And this time they had a much better camera angle. So you can't say, oh, the Newcastle one, the camera angle was from here and not from the end of the line. Like this time the camera was on the end of the line. They had a perfect fucking camera angle. You couldn't overturn it. Do you think it was perfect? Because it's still, it it definitely was inconclusive. Because I, I think. Uh, it was down the line. You can't make the guy move his fucking leg. No, no, right? I'm saying like, like yeah. who, who was it who uh, brought it back? It was it Bowen? <laughs> it was Bowen who so, brought it back yeah, in. So, yeah, when Bowen brought it back in, he pretty much like covered his whole body from that view. So that's why. Right. I, Personally, but, I couldn't tell. But that camera was where it needed to be, which was well, right yeah, on the was. goal line. In the Newcastle match, it was kind of up like around the six pointing in. So you couldn't really see if the ball was over the line or not. Right. And if that was honestly in that situation against Newcastle, if that ball, if that camera was on the end line, you would have seen perfectly if that ball went over or not. You would have seen it picture perfect clear. Mm -hmm. But in this instance, yeah, the player was in the way. But also... If it's inconclusive and the call on the field is a goal, you got to give it to them. VAR is supposed to be clear and obvious. Now, right. they ain't always clear and obvious. They, it's, they see what they want to see. But in this circumstance, they were able to hide perfectly behind the shield of clear and obvious and go, it wasn't clear and obvious, everybody. <laughs> so nothing to see here. You look, you lose. Officer Bar Brady fucking calling the game. Um, <laughs> honestly, what it really came down to is the Irons played a perfect game. Mm. Ariola was fucking brilliant in the net. Yeah. And for Arsenal, you can't be like they didn't give it everything. They didn't throw everything at them. They did everything they were supposed to do. This was like when Villa beat City and and after the match, Pep was just like, oh, they were perfect. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Right. Like, it just... They they played a great game. And and for me, in this circumstance, it's like uh, for Arsenal's pants, I, I know this sucks because it is it's right at the halfway point. City won a game and suddenly you hear the footsteps and you're like, oh, fuck, here they come again. Right. right? You you did everything right. The only thing you didn't do is put the ball in the back of the net. <laughs> and they had so, chances. Yeah. Ariola was great. West Ham was great. They were just on point. Yeah, I did it again. Stop looking at me. <laughs> Give me a complex every time I burp. Um, you deserve it. You should have a complex. How many years have you been there. doing this? I know. Well, there's gas. There's problems. I'm sorry. I'm an old man. Give me a break. I'm about to turn 51. <laughs> Fuck all of you, okay? <laughs> sure money. Uh, I don't even know if Graham gave us a fucking bet. Yes, he gave me one. Ah, uh, very good. So I, I then, then there we are. We're already set. So for me, um, uh, for the Dort Spirek Cup of Losers, uh, swung and I missed badly. Um, my bet was that Everton would get a point out of the uh, match. Uh, Grealish should get a shot on goal, and so did Gomez, but no fucking draw or win for me because it all went to shit in the second half um so my bet was good for a half and now i am down 139 dollars big sam's lock of the week you're gonna like this Hiram. i'm gonna love it
Did you know that 22.2% of the time mm-hmm. works 100% of the time? Oh, yeah. All right. I'm going to be just a complete idiot one more time for the end of the new year. I it. am doing a five-way parlay of uh, of uh, top clubs. I'm going to take City over Sheffield, Villa over Burnley, Arsenal over Fulham, uh, Tottenham over Bournemouth, and Liverpool over Newcastle at plus 434. Not good gambling. Just saying. Um, Mel, what do you got for us? And now, it's time for our degenerate gambling friend, Pat's Pick of the Week. Hi, buddy. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. Uh, you're, you, well, I, what's not going well is your betting ability. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's. I um, can't wait. The new year can't get here soon enough. That's got to be it, right? 2023, 2024. I'm going to turn it all around. Uh, have you been staying away from the bowl game since nobody wants to play for their team anymore and going to the transfer portal? Yeah, no. I don't, bowl game is. Nah, I've been doing NFL because they're still playing for something. But bowl games, there's just you know, and coaching staff leaves, players leave. It's completely a crapshoot. Not to say that I haven't gambled on some just for fun, but, you know. <laughs> I, I love it. This sign of a true degenerate. I'm staying away from it. Not that I haven't bet on games, but I'm staying away from it. <laughs> Pat, I'm trying to convince Sam. We've got a, we're going out to Boise in a couple of weeks. And I was like, you know, it's in Boise or near Boise, Vegas. Oh, really? How close is Vegas from Boise? You could do a layover in Vegas. Well, there's no direct flight from here to Boise, but there's a direct flight from Boise to Vegas and Vegas to here. Yeah, but... Oh, there you go. Hell yeah. You can gamble at the airport. You don't even have to leave. I... I, But I just can go fucking 15 minutes up the road to my casino, and I can even sport book there. Hell, I can sport book from my phone. The Fed... Yeah. The fact that this man really yeah, said you can just gamble have to go to Vegas. Uh, <laughs> it's in Adele in Vegas. I know you want to go see Adele, right? No, I don't want to see Adele. I, I want to see the Sphere. I, I was completely joking. That's, that's, that's I'm why. Not, I'm not joking. Th- that's I, why. She wants, she wants to go see the fucking Sphere is what um, it is. Spoiler alert. We do uh, change planes in Vegas on the way out. So flying in, I hope I can see the Sphere. That's yeah, all you fucking <laughs> care about. I mean... <laughs> If I was if I was gonna be in Vegas, it would only be to go to the classic steakhouse, the Golden Steer. That's the yeah. only reason why I would go there is to to be able to hang out there and do their uh, half price food with full price drinks. Now their full price drinks are like thirty dollars, but late night like they do steaks for like half off, mm. so you can get like a ninety dollar steak for like forty five bucks. Hell yeah! Yeah! Oh yeah! There you go. I wouldn't know. I've never been. You're still going to spend four hundred dollars on your tab. It's just you're not spending seven hundred dollars on your tab. (laughs) Smart money, right there. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you have to, otherwise you're losing money. Apparently. (laughs) Alrighty, uh, Pat, what you got for us, brother? All right. Well, I can't wait till the new year gets here and turns my losing streak around. I am down one thousand eight hundred dollars right now, and I'm just going to keep on chugging along this week. uh, Weekend. There's a bunch of matches. So, uh, first, I'm going to take the Wolves over Everton at plus 150. For Thank you, Pat. These are all $100 bets, except for the one minus bet. I'll, I'll take, you know, I'll explain that when I get there because I'm taking a bunch of bets. To uh, do, to do, I'll take Man U over Forest for plus 115. I'll take Tottenham for 135 to win 100 against Bournemouth. 
I'll take Liverpool minus one and a half goals at plus 115 against Newcastle. And to finish it off before the break, I'll take Brighton over West Ham for plus 165. And if I miss all of these bets, consider me the unluckiest guy you've ever met. Happy New Year. (laughs) Happy birthday. Cheers to a great 2024. (laughs) Aw, thank you for the happy birthday wishes. I appreciate that, Pat. Good on you. Still, still quite possibly the best dig in my roast was uh, what uh, not even what you said, just you told the story about what Bob Henry said about my hair, and he's not fucking wrong. Uh, well, Pat, it's good to hear your voice again. Uh, hopefully, um, we can get Graham to have his three-year-old respect him and go to bed at a decent hour, and he can uh, actually start showing up at normal time again, and we stop recording the show at midnight. Well, you know, and uh, I feel you on just the weird schedule that's going on right now because, you, what, you said it feels like Tuesday or something? Well, oh, it feels like for me. And then tomorrow's going to feel, you know, Thursday. Saturday's going to feel like Friday. And then it all, it's all over again next week. So, yeah, you know. Here's an interesting thing inside of our, a little look inside of our business is the end of the year for distributors, they have to sell a ton, right? Because they're trying to get as much out of their warehouse as humanly possible, mm. trying to make end of year fiscal numbers for for suppliers and stuff like that. Like, mm. so for me as a supplier, I'm already on to next year. The number's the number. It's not gonna magically happen in a week unless the distributor wants it to. So I don't care, right? I'm moved on to the next year. Yeah. Distributors are trying to close out numbers and very important. What everybody forgets is, is they all get fucking murdered and massacred this final week selling. Pat's in delivery. The tough <laughs> week for Pat is the first week of January <laughs> where he just well, has mammoth amounts of shit on his truck and a lot of it, the customer doesn't even know it's fucking coming. <laughs> yeah, not right, but we don't, remember, our company done double bill. So right. this is, next week is going to be dog shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Good, good for you. Good luck yeah, to you, buddy. Yeah, everyone is just piling it in this week. So, yeah, this is uh, – today, I mean, was the biggest day we probably had in, in two months because Frederick just loaded up on all kinds of shit. Oh, yeah. So, God. It, yeah. Is, it is crazy. So there's a little look into uh, the liquor world. All right, Pat, <laughs> we, will, we will talk soon, and hopefully it's live again. All right. Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks, man. <laughs> Happy New Year, Pat. Thanks. Bye. All right. So Graham did text me his bet. And uh, Graham says, uh, I lost again. I'll confirm when I'm down on Monday, going big for the end of the year. Very good. Uh, Hiram, you need your piece oh, of I paper. Have it right I, here. Oh, you got it right oh, there. It yeah, right that here. wasn't it. Yeah. Okay. Very good. I oh, love don't worry. it. It's in my hot little hand. Well, uh, Chelsea or tie with Luton at Luton. Man City to have over two and a half in their game with Sheffield. Wolves tie or win at home to Everton. Villa to win with over two and a half goals in the game. And Arsenal to win away at Fulham. Mates, that'll get me $593. Very good. Very good. Well, um, what's great is we have a chicken, but what's even better is when we have Hiram visit the chicken. All right, so Kitty nailed it with the cherries and sits at 12 and 5. This week I gave Kitty Arsenal traveling to Fulham. Kitty quickly pulled a photo of her at her pub sharing a pint with Ray Parlor. Gail Clicky? Cliche. Cliche. Got it. 
Colatore and Crazy Jens Layman. Jens Layman, not Lens Jens Layman. <laughs> this is why I do cold reads. <laughs> uh, we know that <laughs> these are all hard times for Hiram to pronounce. <laughs> hard times or hard names? <laughs> Both. These are hard names for Hiram to pronounce, but they are also all invincibles, which means Kitty is picking them to be Fulham. Please remember to gamble legally and responsibly. I think I met these motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Very I good. Mean, well, Hiram, when when would you have met them? I won't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking brilliant! All right, everybody, that uh, is gonna wrap it up. Hiram, it's great to have you back in studio, brother. Glad um, to be back. You got any parting words for us? Yes. Uh, if we have any blues fans who are willing to go and check out some uh, blues games, uh, Naples Blues, that is, uh, come check us out. We have season tickets still available now until uh, New Year's, actually, where you'll get a jersey alongside your season ticket order. So we have adults that's uh, $120 for uh, about seven games and youth that's 96, that's 12 and under for uh, about the same, same thing. You'll get the jersey, scarf. Uh, a bunch of other benefits, but of course you can check that out at AnnapolisBlues.com. I mean, honestly, to I mean, the our the jersey and the scarf's the hundred bucks right there. Uh, that's exactly what I was about to say to our out of towners. If you want a jersey and a scarf from the Blues, you're not going to be able to go to any of the fucking games. But for a hundred bucks, you get a scarf and a jersey. That's well worth it, right there. You so. know what? Well, one hundred and twenty, but yes, I'll, that's I'll well do worth this. It. Our out of towners, if you end up buying season tickets because you want the jersey and the scarf. Well, let us know, and we'll give away tickets to the games. Yeah, we'll hook up. We'll hook up people with tickets to the games. So that's and I let got them no know. problem with like, that. Like tonight, they are Christian, and they have to spell their name C H R E S T E A N. And and also, or their Taylor, because <laughs> I know he follows as well. And um, I, and we'll make sure they go to the right place because uh, Hiram's been working on some community outreach p- things with uh, like kind of you know. Uh, neighborhoods that don't necessarily get to go to games yeah, and so we'll, get tickets we'll and shit like sure that. So tickets, we'll put them in the right hands. You know what? We'll make sure your tickets get given back to members of the community that need tickets. Yeah, perfect. perfect. All right, so thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Uh, how about that? The longest show of the year, Hiram and I, not Graham. <laughs> <laughs> well, the key thing is that we said a lot of different things, not the same thing five times in a row. That is um, true. You know, and uh, next up is going to be injury time. We have already recorded uh, the EFL show because we just kind of wanted to get ahead of things tonight. But uh, for your Patreon supporters, just want to say we are now going to do injury time and it's going to be on these fucking cameras all the time. So you're now going to get a video element of injury time as well. So uh, not I only do you get that to I promise that starting you, tonight, do you, um, you don't only get to hear us when we're good and proper drunk. You also get to see us when we're good and proper drunk. So um, see you again. <clears throat> good and proper drunk. You know, oh, that's true. Because that that night, woo, the, <laughs> night the, the night of 99, we will call it. Oh ooh, Nelly. Daddy was hammered that night. Um, and we're going to be back next week, Monday. Um, we got weekend's action. We're going to go ahead and do another show on Monday. And um, we will not cover the Tuesday match just because obviously it's going to happen after we record the fucking show. But it doesn't matter. Of course, we've also got um, the FA Cup coming up, and that's going to be a big deal. And we're working out the final details of potentially doing a live show as well for the uh, FA Cup, which those details will give you as well. And beyond that, everybody, Happy New Year, and uh, until next week. Yeah. Oh!
Fucking new button!